Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today to the JTP Church Podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message. If you want to share with us what God is doing in your life, you can write us at hello at jtp.church. If you would like to partner with us and make a financial gift to our ministry, you can visit us at www.jtp.church to make a donation. Now sit back and enjoy the message. Lord, we celebrate you in this amazing night. We thank you and we have that conviction because your word says so that you are among us. God, it would be so different if you wouldn't be among us, but your word says that whenever two or three people gather to do what we're doing just now, to worship you and to give you glory, you are in the midst of us. We can't see you with our, with our physical eyes, but that's why we come and we can worship no matter what we're going through, no matter what situations we got that are coming against us. Father, we could raise up our holy hands and we could declare, God, that you're with us. We could give you praise for things that we have not seen yet because of that, because we know that you are present and we give you all the glory and all the honor because you are God Almighty and you deserve it. Come on, put your hands together. Let's worship him. We've already sang to him. What about we give him a huge applause tonight? Come on. Amen. It's good to be back home. Last week we were in Argentina. How many of you guys were praying for us? We had just amazing things happen in that place. We spent our first two nights in Marcos Paz, which is a city in the suburbs of Buenos Aires on the outskirts. And we saw God do just crazy things. Every city back there or every town has a plaza and that's where everybody hangs out. That's where most of the shops are. So there was a plaza outside, and we, were, we set up the stage right there in the middle of the plaza so people that were just walking around having ice cream would hear, and that place just got packed two days in a row, miracles, people coming to Christ. I mean, I think we had like 200 people come to Christ the first night and something like that the second. I mean, it was just amazing. And then the, the next two nights, which was Saturday and Sunday, we went six hours on car, we finished one service at 11.30, and then we got all our bags. We had them packed in our huge van, and then we went all the way to La Borde, which is the little town where my dad was born. And it's a little town of 5,000 people, but between both nights, we saw over 1,500 people. The good thing about this is that we went there last year for the first time, and we got to hear a lot of the things that God did from the past trip. Because sometimes we come over here, and we heard some of the things that God did through social media. But, I mean, it was just outstanding. There was this lady that my father testified today, this morning, about that she had come with AIDS and she was pregnant. She had the HIV virus. She was pregnant. And she came to the service. We prayed for her and everything. Didn't hear anything. And then now that we go one year later, she testified that not only was she healed, she did another exam, completely healed, no HIV virus in her system. But her baby was born also without the HIV virus. Just crazy things. A guy in the middle of the service, uh, an elderly man, about 80-something years old, had a hearing aid. And he just started, you know, feeling funny in his ears. And he just pulled it out. And he realized he could hear without the hearing aid. He couldn't hear somebody speaking to him that's right in front of him. And he was able to hear, you know, the apostle speaking through the microphone. And it was just crazy things like that happening. People free from drugs. It was just amazing. So we appreciate your prayers. And one of the things that impressed me the most about these few days was people so hungry for the gospel of Christ. People so hungry to be prayed for, and we were all praying for people. And this girl says, are you, are you guys still praying? It was like towards the end of the service, and I'm like, yeah, we're still praying for people. She just grabbed my hand and took me outside the church. 
or outside the gathering area. And I'm like, where is this lady taking me? And she took me out to the street. I'm like, she's <laughs> taking me home, you know. I'm married, lady. <laughs> uh, but she got me and there was, her uncle was inside the taxi cab already. They were buckling up and she was crying and she was telling me, look, my uncle has cancer. Please pray for him. So we went and, you know, I laid my hands on, on, on the man's head and I started declaring healing. And I just loved seeing people's faith. Because I think that's where the power of God flourishes, right? And we started seeing so many amazing things. We're starting to hear a lot of things of what God did those nights now through social media. So it's been amazing. Having said that, I did miss you guys a whole bunch. See, it's good to be back in Miami. Good to be back in the house of God. I know you guys miss me. Thank you. Appreciate that. Well, I know you guys were taken care of. I heard Carly brought an incredible message, right? I heard, I heard. And also, I didn't get a chance to say it last time I was here. When we were out on vacation, I know that Jesus was used by God in a powerful way. I told him I, I heard the podcast and it was amazing. This week, I'm going to be hearing my wife, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I know that God has big plans for her life. And, you know, I'm always supporting her because God has great things over her life. Amen. So I want to talk to you a little bit about gatekeepers of the mind. Everybody say gatekeepers. Of the mind. And that's what every single one of us needs to be. We need to be gatekeepers of our minds. We need to be careful to filter everything that tries to get into our minds because not everything that comes into our mind is good. You got to make sure that you know how to filter every single thought. And we're going to go to the Word of God. I was sitting there this morning and I was, you know, I had this like holy fit because I hear my father using all the verses that I had prepared. And I'm like, you know, there's a part in the Bible when Paul is saying that. He had a supernatural experience, and he starts saying, whether in the body or in spirit, I don't know. So he was saying that he had an out-of-body experience, and he doesn't, you know, it was supernatural. He didn't know whether it was in the body or in the spirit. Well, well, I don't know if my dad in the body or in the spirit came and stole my verses, but he started, I mean, he preached exactly, well, not exactly, but 90% of what I had prepared. So I'm like, I mean, it's got up to something, and I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking this, and my mom looks at me, and he says, He's preaching the same thing that I preached at 9 a.m. I'm like, you're kidding, mom. Are you serious? So I think that God is really up to something. I think he's, he's trying to speak to us. And it's important that we are proactive in keeping our minds. And I want you to go to the book of 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. We're going to kick it off here. And we're going to be praying for people. This is more of a teaching, so I'm not going to make a calling at the end with respect to this. It's something that every single one of us needs to put of our part in order to improve, right? Gatekeepers of the mind. Third John chapter 1, verse 2. It's a very popular verse, and it's something you should grab a hold and register in your heart and register in your spirit. It says, Beloved, tell the person next to you, he's speaking to you. <laughs> Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. This is the Apostle John writing. This is like an apostolic longing. And this is the desire of God for your life. Everybody say, that's God's desire for my life. Okay, now say it just like that, but like, if, like you really mean it. Say, that's God's desire for my life. You see, for a long time, religion taught us that God is somebody that's just waiting for you to mess up so he could beat you and, and, and whip you. God's desire is that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So soul prospering, finances prospering, family prospering, everything that has to do 
with your life prospering. How many say amen? How many really want that? Amen. So there's power in thinking according to God's word. It's important that you may align your thoughts with God's word. There's power in positive thinking. Uh, Even non-believers have capitalized on this biblical truth. I mean, how many of you guys have gone to Barnes and Nobles, right? Or a bookstore, any bookstore, and you go, you see that there's a huge section of books with self-help, a huge section of book on positive thinking, on you can do it, you can overcome, you can buy the house of your dreams, you can be a millionaire, you can do this, you can do that, right? And it's amazing sometimes to see people that don't have a relationship with God apply these principles and get the results. And you want to know why they get the results? Well, the laws of the universe have been set in motion by God. When God set spiritual laws, when he set, you know, physical laws in motion, they work for everybody. So, for example, if you get a non-believer and you get a believer and you take them both to the top of a building and you give them each an apple and they each drop an apple, guess what? Both apples are going to do the same thing. What's the apple going to do? It's going to fall the way down. It's going to splatter once it hits the floor. Why? Because of the law of gravity. It's universal. It works for believers and it works for unbelievers. Some spiritual laws as well. If you believe certain things and you have faith, well, you can reach those things that you're believing. It works for believers just like non-believers. So the first thing I want to start talking to you about is about framing your future with positive thinking. Raise your hand and say, I need to start framing my future with positive thinking. I'm using positive thinking. Uh, Maybe that's not the, the right term. I mean, thinking according to the word I think would be better, right? We need to start today framing our future, who you want to be two years from now, who you want to be or where you want to be five years from now, 20 years from now with your thoughts. Start thinking about it because you are today what you thought yesterday. According to how you thought yesterday, that's the life that you're living today. And sometimes if our, if our thoughts are always negative, if we're always thinking down on ourselves, we're thinking that we're unfavorable, we're thinking that we're unlucky, just some people that have a pattern of negative thinking You know what? You start living like you think. With the incredible amount of promises that God has left us, the best thing that we could do is just start thinking according to God's word. Maybe you grew up hearing a lot of negative words about yourself. Maybe even from people that were close to you. Words like, you'll never be able to do that. Or you'll never amount to much. Or our family has always been poor. We will always be poor. You know, those things are not for people like us. Stuff like that. And sometimes we, we just hinder our future. A statement like this can not only hinder you, but they could paralyze your ability to succeed. So if you give attention to these types of words, in time, you start believing it. If you start giving an ear to things that are not what God spoke over your life, in the end, you're going to start believing it as truth. And accepting them. Whenever you hear negative talk about you, the best thing you could do is shut it down. Everybody say shut it down. Shut it down and refuse to accept it. What God thinks about you is what matters most. And only by receiving his words are you able to frame your future for an abundant life. So that's why it's so important for you to know and allow God's word to revolve always around you. Wherever you are, you you can never spend too much time around God's word. Is what I'm trying to say. I mean, when you come to church, honor God's word. Bring your Bible. Underwrite 
the things that God speaks to you. You know, take some notes so that later on in the week when you do your devotionals, you know, you could meditate on what God spoke to you. It's so important because God's words are always catapulting you to your future, which is amazing. But if you start opening your ears to what other people say, you're going to end up believing what other people say instead of what God is saying over your life. If your life is moving in a direction that you don't desire currently, right now, if you're not where you would like to be, then examine the things that you're listening to and examine the things that you think about most. What do you spend the most time thinking? Take some time to say, okay, when I lay down in bed and before I go to bed, I probably spend half an hour just thinking, and what are the things that go through your mind? What are the things that you think about yourself? Do they have to do with worry? Do they have to do with negative things? Do they have to do with fear of the future and all these things? And that's going to raise up a red flag. Look what Genesis chapter 3 verse 8 says about Adam and Eve. It says, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. This was after they had bitten the fruit and sinned. They heard the voice of God walking in the garden in the cool of day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called, the Lord God called Adam and he said to him, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. This was the first time ever that man ever encountered that feeling, afraid. They didn't know what, what it meant to be afraid. There was nothing to fear. God was with them. If you read the verse carefully, you see that they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. I mean, wouldn't that be amazing that you're walking in your backyard and you hear the sound of God walking in your backyard? Wouldn't that be awesome if you could literally hear that? Well, that's what they would hear on a daily basis. It was normal for them. But this time, they were afraid because something happened. They had disobeyed God. You see, disobedience always brings things that are negative to your life. So they disobeyed God. And the Bible says that, well, we were afraid. And we were naked, and so we hid ourselves. And he said, God responded, who told you that you were naked? How did you find out that you were naked? Who, who came and told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? And you see, in the garden, Adam entertained Satan's words and chose to believe him over God. So the enemy's words started influencing his way of thinking. That was a long time ago, but the same story repeats itself every single day over our lives. It's Satan trying to dispel what Jesus has taught you or told you that you should do. And when we don't have time because we're so busy to look into the Word of God, to come to church consistently on Sundays and on Thursdays. We have Thursday services, not in English but in Spanish. But if you come, we could get translation for you. But sometimes, you know, we become so comfortable and we're like, oh, you know, I already went to church on Sunday or I went to church twice this month. And, and, you know, we don't realize that we need the word of God on a daily basis consistently. Why? Because the enemy consistently, multiple times every single day is using people and using things to be able to speak to your life, things that are not according to God's will. And if you don't know what the word of God says, you can easily be influenced and not live up to everything that God has called you for. I don't know about you. The day I meet God, I want God to tell me, you know, everything I wrote 
before the foundations of the earth you fulfilled in your lifetime because you were connected to me and because you listened to my voice and you obeyed everything I said and you did away with everything that the enemy tried to bring to distract you, right? Wouldn't you guys want to hear the same thing? Unfortunately, Adam, he started paying attention to what the enemy would tell him. And his wife as well, Eve, started, you know, the serpent started telling him, you know, no, it's not what God told you. God told you that? Come on. God, God doesn't know half the story. If you eat from the fruit, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God. And she was like, whoa, really? And because she didn't grab a hold of God's word and she started paying attention to other possibilities, that's where their fall began. I want to tell you, JTP Church, it's so important that you grab a hold to God's word. Grab a hold to God's word in such a way that nothing can come to steer you off course. Amen? We have to ask ourselves today, who influences our thinking? Who or what is influencing our thinking today? Who convinced you that God does not have a destination of blessing and prosperity for over your life? Why do you think that you're never going to amount to much if that's, if that's your case? Why do you think that your best years are in the past and not in the future? Why? Who told you that you will never do great things for God? Who? Who's influenced your thinking? Because if you're connected to God, you know that you're more than a conqueror. If you're connected to God, you know that where you are right now, it's nothing compared to where God wants to take you. I don't care how old you are because God always has something fresh and something new and something that he wants to reveal to your life. He always wants to take you deeper. He always wants to take you further. So my question to you today so you could analyze yourself is who is influencing your thinking? Sometimes it's not a person. Sometimes it could be social media. Sometimes it could be your, your own thinking. It could be your own thoughts because you doubt yourself and, and maybe you struggle with that and you struggle with believing that God could use you because you look at other people and you, you compare yourself and you say, well, I, that person God can use, but me, little old me, I used to struggle with that so much. And the enemy uses that to be able to bring you down, to be able to make you think that you will never amount to much. But when you grab a hold to God's word and you believe God's word, God will always start reminding you who you are. He will start making sure that you have your identity well put inside of you, that you know who you are in Christ. How many say amen? Despite what people have told you or what things situations have brought to you. I challenge you tonight to start dwelling on what God thinks about you. He made you, he chose you, and he knows you and has an amazing plan for your life. Number two, raise your hand really high with me and say, I need to become a custodian of my thought life. Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Keep your heart. It's telling us that we need to keep our heart and with all diligence because out of it springs the issues of life. When it's talking about issues here, it's talking about everything that is important. Everything that is important. The scripture's telling us that we need to be diligent in keeping and guarding our soul, the place where your mind, your will, your emotions reside. Guarding your soul requires you to filter every thought through the word of God and this takes work. First of all, you need to know the word of God. The Bible says that whenever a thought comes, you need to take it captive to the will of God. The enemy sometimes even attacks you in church. I don't know if it hap it's happened to you. You could be worshiping God and the enemy starts, he comes to church and he tries to 
dispel everything that God's trying to do over your life. And sometimes you're, you're probably worshiping and the enemy comes, strikes, tries to tell you something. You'll never amount to much. God will never use you. You're just wasting your time with your HOB. Why, why are you serving God? You know how young you are. You could be doing so many things out there. So many things the enemy says. But what do you do as a man of God, as a woman of God? You grab that thought. You take it captive. You bind it. And you take it to the will of God. You take it to the word of God. You say, God, does this coincide with your word? Does this go with what you say in your word? When you realize that it does not, you know what? You cast it out in Jesus' name, and you don't entertain it. Because the minute you start entertaining the thought, guess what? Same thing that happened to Adam and Eve will happen to you. You will end up falling. And without knowing, without knowing that you're a son, that, that God loves you so much, you're going to be hiding away from the person that wants to bless you and the person that wants to set you on high. So it's important to always, every single thought that comes, you know, take it captive into the will of God. Willpower alone won't keep negative thoughts from bombarding your mind, nor will it keep you from thinking about things that are not in line with God's word. There's some people that say, I'm just going to discipline myself, willpower to be able to think positive thoughts. That's all I'm going to do. Well, it's not, that's not going to be enough. The only way to get rid of ungodly thoughts is to use the word of God to take a hold of them and cast them down. How many say Amen. You see, knowing the word is critical to being able to distinguish between the subtle suggestions of the enemy when he comes very subtly and tries to get you to do something. And it doesn't seem like it's wrong. I mean, come on, just biting that apple, it looks so good. I mean, how, how bad could it be? But you don't realize that behind that there's death, there's disobedience. Sometimes the enemy comes very subtly to try to strip you away from church, strip you away from your service, strip you away from what God is doing in your life in this season, and we don't even realize it. Once you have identified a wrong thought, we need to get to work. Apostle Paul described the formula for casting down thoughts. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. If you have your Bible, go with me. Chapter 10, verse 3 to 5, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, everybody here walks in flesh and bones, right? Yeah. We're all warm-blooded here. We have blood, we have flesh. But even though we walk in the flesh, it says we do not war according to the flesh. So our warfare is not in the flesh. It's not with physical weapons. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. Everybody scream mighty. Mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. We're going to talk a little bit about what strongholds are now in just a second. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So it's saying that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. The enemy is going to come against us just like he came against Satan, against Adam and Eve, just like he's come against everyone. But we need to understand you can't just buy a sword and just chop his head off. It doesn't work that way. He's not a physical Goliath, right? So it says that the weapons that we have are not carnal, but what does it say? They're what? They're mighty. So sometimes, I've told people, sometimes they're going through very difficult situations. And they come and they tell me, Pastor, I'm going through this and this. Well, what should I do? And honestly, they tell me everything that they did in their power. And I'm like, you know what? At this point, all you can do is trust in God and pray and start declaring that you're more than a conqueror. And sometimes they give me a look like saying, come on, pray. Just pray, like if pray was something basic, like if it was, 
But the Bible says that the weapons that God has given us are not carnal, but they're mighty. You see, you don't even know the power that you have every time you get down on your knees and you start praying. You don't see anything in the physical, right? You don't, maybe it doesn't happen right away, but if you persevere and if you have faith in your heart that God is listening to you, man, you know what you're doing? Every time you get on your knees, it's like you grab a sword and you're, you know, you're going against the kingdom of darkness and you start killing demons and you start making warfare, spiritual warfare. And the reason why so many of us sometimes burden, anxious, you know, young with, with so much life ahead of us, but we still feel down and we don't even realize it's because we're losing the fight in the spiritual realm. And we haven't stood up and start taking possession and start fighting the fight. So God is telling us here through the apostle that the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty. Everybody say they're mighty. Tell the person next to you, prayer is powerful. Fasting is mighty. When you start fasting and you start praying, so I tell people sometimes, have you fasted for that situation? Have you already prayed? Have you gotten in a fast? If it's a family situation, have you gotten together with your wife and your children and said, you know what, we're going to fast, all of us, so that this could stop? I'm sick and tired of renting. God told me that my inheritance is going to be people and land, and I, I'm still renting? No, no, no. That can't be. I don't accept that in Jesus' name. You know, sometimes you just got to just get upset with the situation and get together and start fighting. But don't fight with your boss because he won't give you a raise. Start getting on your knees. Start declaring and say, God, you, told, you said this. You promised prosperity. I've been faithful with my tithe. Open the, open the floodgates of heaven. Do what you got to do. And, and that's how you win. That's how you overcome. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. If not caught and evicted from your mind, negative thoughts will form strongholds. If you start entertaining negative thoughts, after a while, you're going to start believing it. And once you believe it, it becomes a stronghold. It becomes a pattern of thinking. So it becomes normal for you. And once it becomes normal for you, it's so difficult to be able to remove and replace with a positive thought. That's why I said in the beginning that willpower is not enough. Some people say, well, I just, I'm, I'm a very determined person. I could just determine myself and I'm just going to think positive, think positive, think positive. It's not going to be enough because sometimes through time, people have marked you with their words. You've believed certain things that you shouldn't believe. And those are at this point, they're strongholds. They're like fortified cities. I don't know how many of you guys have gone to St. Augustine. They have one of the oldest forts here, right, in the East Coast. The forts were used back then to see when the enemy would come, you know, to protect the city. And, you know, sometimes they had cannons also to fire back. It's a source of protection. So it was something that kept the enemies from coming in. And sometimes when you entertain negative thoughts, it becomes like a fortified fort in your mind. And the will of God or the purpose of God or God's plans, they can't get past it. So why are these, why is prayer so important? Because the Bible says that prayer is mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. 
Sometimes you come to Christ when you're 40, when you're 50. You already have a pattern of thinking, and it's not according to the will of God. If you don't start praying, and if you don't start asking the Holy Spirit to renew your mind, you know what? You could keep coming to church for 20 years and keep thinking that you're going to die poor, or that you're going to die sick, or that you're going to die without seeing the hand of God in different areas of your life. So that's why it's so important to use these weapons so that God could be able to bring down, right, through his Holy Spirit, all these strongholds that through time they've been built up in our minds and replace them with the word of God, which is good. How many say amen to that? If you feel trapped in a cycle of addictive or destructive behavior, you can be sure that a stronghold exists somewhere in your mind and it must be turned down with the word of God. When thoughts that oppose the word of God enter your mind, cast them down by speaking scriptures out loud. You know, one of the things that I see that in churches we've lost the habit of doing is memorizing scriptures. I remember when I was in Sunday school, when I was in, in the youth group, I remember that my youth pastor told me it was Friday. By Sunday, you guys got to know all 66 books of the Bible. For after the service, I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I totally forgot, honestly. Uh, Sunday came along, and after the service, he, you know, we, we would have a meeting, and he sat us all, and he, one, one by one, he went by us, and thank God I was sitting all the way in the other extreme, and he started having us recite all 66 books of the Bible, so, oh my God, Genesis, uh, uh, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, uh, uh, number, oh wait, where did number, th- and, and I, was, I was lost, and I started right there on the spot, started doing it, and I was able to memorize all 66 in just a couple of minutes, and you know, it's, it's so important Because if you set your mind to it, you can do it. It's not so you can say, oh, I memorized all these Bibles. Just be boasting about it pridefully. When the enemy comes against you, you need to know what to do. And you need to be ready. You can't be saying, oh, my gosh, uh, uh, let me go to the Bible. And No, you got to act right there and say, in Jesus' name, I rebuke you. You're not going to fool me. This thought that you brought to my mind does not go in accordance or in agreement with what God spoke over my life. I am going to prosper. I'm not going to die I'm not going to be overcome by sickness. I will overcome this. I will beat this cancer. I will do this. So you have to know and you have to be able to speak scriptures out loud, making bold declarations from the Bible and serve the devil on eviction notice to release his influence on your thinking. How many say amen? Maybe it's not going to happen the first time you do it, especially after so long having a pattern of thinking For years or for decades, sometimes it's going to take a while of you declaring certain things over and over. But after a while, God is going to give you the victory. Consistency guarantees success. The more prominent or the more proficient you become as a gatekeeper of your mind, the attacks will become easier to overcome. Jesus is the perfect example. And I want to start closing off with this. He wasn't exempt of Satan's temptation because when Jesus came to earth, he came as a man. He came here and he suffered just like you. He's, he was hot, just like you. They didn't have AC back then. He suffered pain. I'm sure he probably maybe got sick once in a while, although he probably healed himself. I don't know. But he went through the same things that you and I went through. You know, so he wasn't exempt from temptation, but he is the ultimate example of a man who overcame In order to get complete dominion over his thought life, Jesus focused on God's will and destiny over his life. And I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter 4 so you could see what I'm trying to explain. 
You're going to see how he utilized the word of God skillfully to defeat Satan. The Bible says that after he was baptized and the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit came down in the form of a dove, he went to start his ministry. But before he started, he went to fast 40 days and 40 nights. And the Bible says that while he's fasting, while he's out there in the wilderness, he was tempted, just like you and I are tempted. And it says, now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you really are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. Keep in mind that he had been fasting for 40 days. He was hungry, all right? He was starving. Just the word bread, I mean, just started popping up a bunch of, you know, a bunch of thoughts. We're talking about thoughts today, right? So imagine all the things that probably went on in his mind when the enemy said, come on, you're the son of God. You can make miracles. Just, you could just say a word and these stones could be turned into bread. But he answered and he said, it is written. Everybody say, he hit him with the word. You see, he knew. He knew his word. The Bible says, doesn't say much about Jesus' formative years when he was a teenager. But the Bible says that when he was a kid, that he was lost in the temple. The Bible says that he was growing in grace before God and before men. And he was gaining knowledge of the scriptures. You know that Jesus was studying the scriptures. So now when he's being tempted, he already has that word inside of him. He knows the word of God. He has it memorized because he studied it and he lived it. And now he's told the enemy, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I don't need this bread. What I need is the anointing of God because what God's going to do through my life is going to be huge the next couple of years. So don't come and tempt me like telling me what you think I need right now. I know what I need because I'm connected to the Father. You know, and he just dispelled him right there. He knew the word. You have to be prepared when the enemy comes against you with sickness, when the enemy comes against you with, with situations that are out of your control and he, he wants to get you in a state of anxiousness. You got to know what to do and you got to put him in his place. Amen? Jesus had the power to do exactly what the enemy suggested. Think about it. It wouldn't have been too much for Jesus to transform those stones into bread. It would have been easy for him. He very well could have done it. But instead of giving in to the suggestion of Satan, he spoke what was written in the word. The good news is that you walk in the same authority. Okay, some of you guys got that, but not everybody. I said that you walk in the same authority that Jesus walked. The Bible says that we're able to do and we have the same authority to do the same things that Jesus did and even greater. So where's the limit? Why are we sometimes anxious? Why do sometimes we allow these thoughts to come over our life and they get us so discouraged that we can't even come to church, that we don't even want to get up in the morning and, and all we can't even sleep at night? Why? If God is for us. How many say amen? Find scriptures that pertain to the area in which you're being attacked and confess them when Satan tries to rise against you. You know, nowadays we have Google. You could just Google scriptures on healing if you're sick. Man, and you're going to get all the scriptures in the Bible on healing. Start learning them. Memorize them. Declare them over your life out loud. Start speaking God's word. Instead of listening to everything the doctors are telling you and everything that everybody else and their mama is telling you, start listening to what God is telling you. And you're going to see that you're going to be able to overcome. How many say amen? Through your faith and confidence in the word, you'll cause Satan to leave you. The Bible says, resist him and he shall flee. Sometimes he comes and he tempts you and, and he comes and he tries to, you know, scare you and he tries to tell you all these, all these things and, and you start worrying. But you know what? When God comes, he gives you peace. 
And if you resist them with the word, right? We're not talking about physical weaponry here. We're talking about spiritual weaponry, which is mighty to bring down strongholds. When you start praying, when you start declaring the word, things start happening in the spiritual realm. And he has no choice but to submit to the authority of the written word of God. And last but not least, raise your hand with me. Third point I want to talk to you is create your atmosphere. Tell the person next to you, tell them you need to create your atmosphere. If you aren't satisfied with the direction that your life is taking on right now, it's time to examine how you've been thinking. Take some time tonight before you go to bed and just start, start looking back and see how your thought process is. How you're thinking. What are the type of thoughts that you're entertaining before you go to bed? What are the type of, thing, of thoughts that keep you awake at night? Find the areas in which you're not experiencing success. And take some time to reflect on what you really think about your ability to progress. How do you view yourself? Do you see yourself as more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ, like the Word says? Or do you just think you don't have what it takes to succeed? Are you in a rut, paralyzed by negative thoughts? Who planted negative seeds in your mind? Maybe someone has told you that you're not worthy of the promotion that you deserve or worthy of that new house that you've been wanting or worthy of, you know, just being used by God the way that some prophet told you that you will be used. It's time for you to create a new atmosphere for yourself, one that's permeated by the Word of God. There's a sequence to the way your destiny will unfold. And it starts with the words that produce your thoughts. Pay attention to this. Words produce thoughts. Your thoughts produce your emotions, which produce your decisions, which produce your actions. Okay? I'm going to say it again. I see some people writing it down. All right. Words produce your thoughts. People say things to you, and it starts activating thoughts in your mind. Sometimes it's the enemy speaking to you, you know, telling you things, negative things. And that generates thoughts. And your thoughts, if you entertain them long enough, they start producing, producing sorry, emotions. What did Adam and Eve feel? Fear, right? They started thinking, they fell, and now they're hiding from God. God never threatened them. God never told them. Why are they hiding? They said that they were naked. Who taught them that they were naked? It started producing emotions, fear. And emotions produce decisions And decisions produce actions. Your actions then form your habits, which ultimately shape your character. And then your character leads you to your destination in life. And you see, sometimes we see people and say, well, that guy has a character flaw. That guy has a character flaw. But it could go back to your thoughts because it all starts in your thinking process and what you're letting in. That's why the Bible says, you know, guard your heart. That's why the Bible says constantly when you come to church, allow God to renew your mind through the word of God because we're, we're so contaminated with so many things out there and now there's so much access to information and so many people that, you know, just come up with their own doctrines and some weird stuff being taught out there that if you don't know what the word of God is, you could just go with that, any wind of doctrine like the Bible says and say, oh, that's the truth, that's the truth because you don't know the truth. That's why you need to know the truth of God. How many say Amen. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. How many of you want to have life? Got to follow the truth, and his name is Jesus. And once you know the word, once you know the truth, nobody can come and tell you otherwise because you already know it. 
So I did a little something here, and we're going to pray in just a moment, but a little practical application just to help you. A prosperous life starts with a prosperous mind. How many say amen? I want to challenge you guys. This is very basic. Anybody can do this, all right, very, very easily. Take 10 minutes every day this week to examine your thinking. And we're going to start tonight. Start examining what type of thoughts you entertain throughout your day. It doesn't have to be at night. Maybe you just fall on your bed and you just knock out. You don't think at night. But maybe your thinking is done in the morning. The time that you use to think and that the enemy uses to be able to bring his thoughts of negativity and, and, and things that you struggle with, take some time to analyze what things you're thinking about because your thinking determines your future. Number two, ask the Holy Spirit to show you the issues such as relationships. Maybe it's losing weight. Maybe it could be a meeting, meeting a financial goal or something, some type of goal that you have in your family or in your personal life that may be holding up your progress in a particular area. And begin to renew your mind by resetting your thinking according to the word. Start going on Google. Start going on Google and, and typing scriptures on this. If you struggle with guilt, start looking up scriptures for guilt. There's, there's answers to every single thing you could be going through in the word of God. And it's important for you to start praying to God. Remember, we, we talked about the weapons of our warfare, that they're mighty in Jesus Christ. So one of them is prayer. Start praying. Willpower will not be enough. You need to start saying, God, give me the strength to be able to believe everything that you've said about me. I don't want to die with half of my potential left inside of me. By the time that, that I leave this earth, I want to be able to have lived up to my entire potential. They say that the place where there's the most potential is the cemetery. Because so many people died without fulfilling the reason why they, they were even created. How do I know what was I created to do? Well, you got to connect with your creator. Who made you? God. So connect with him through prayer. And God, little by little, he's going to start leading you to be that person that he's called you to be, which is great. How many say amen? And I want to finish off with the verse that my father stole from me. Kidding. Powerful verse he shared this morning. I don't know if you guys caught it for those that came. Isaiah chapter 26 Verse 3 and 4. You have to look this up if you have your Bible right there. Look it up in your Bible. Underline it. This is powerful. As a matter of fact, if, you've, if you don't have one verse memorized, this would be a good one to start with. Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. It says, you will keep him or her in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. How many of you guys would like to have perfect peace? Okay, it gets better than that because he's not saying about having perfect peace in an instant or in a moment or because you just won the lotto or because something good happened to you. It's saying that he will keep you. It means it's a long-lasting perfect peace. It means that it's a peace that doesn't leave no matter what you're going through. How many want that? You could be going through difficult situations that you don't understand, but you still have peace. Well, pastor, how can I do that? How can somebody have peace if they're going through problems or really bad things are happening to them? Well, it continues saying, whose mind is stayed on you. If your thoughts, we're talking about our thoughts today. If your mind and your thoughts are stayed on God and his word, you'll know that in the end, God will always prosper you and bless you. 
So along the way, you could probably go through some bumps in the road. But when you know that the end is always good, you don't have to worry along the way. Oh, this is just a bump in the road, but I know that from here, it's only on up. It's going to get better from here. So you could have peace in the midst of the storm. How many say amen? You guys really believe that? And then it continues saying, because he trusts in you. You see, that's, that's where sometimes we fail. Because we trust God when everything is going good. We praise God and we come to church when everything's going good. But then when stuff happens that we don't understand, we start questioning God instead of trusting. It doesn't say that those who question God will stay in perfect peace. It says that those who trust God. And you know, God wants you to know him in such a way that no matter what you're going through, you know that he's got your back. He said it in his word. He said that I will never leave you lonely. I will be with you all the days till the end. That's what God said over your life. But sometimes it's hard to believe when our eyes are seeing something that. And then we have the enemy whispering in our ears, where's your God? Just like he did to Adam and Eve. Oh, yeah, really? You think that if you eat that, you're going to. Come on. God just didn't want to tell you. But if you really eat that fruit, your eyes are going to be open and you're going to be like God. God just doesn't want a competition. That's what it is. Oh, really? So. He's, they started listening to the voice of the enemy, and the enemy still speaks to us, especially when we're going through situations. You're tithing, and you don't have money to even pay your mortgage this month? Come on, where's God in the midst of that? And sometimes we don't even realize that it's God testing us to see if we really have our confidence in him. If there's one person you could bank, take it to the bank, and you could just put all your trust on, it's God. Man can deceive you. People could promise you things and not, you know, not fulfill their promises. People could let you down, but God will never let you down. If he says something, he's going to do it. Look at uh, verse 4. It continues and it says, trust in the Lord forever. In Spanish, I was reading it today, this morning in Spanish, and it said perpetually. That was a translation. Trust in God perpetually. Perpetually means forever that's it let there never be an instant or an occurrence or a situation in your life where you don't trust in God trust in God forever because those who do will have perfect peace how many say amen how many of you guys want perfect peace every single day of your life well there's our key our mind needs to always be in God's word God will come through. If you're going through a difficult situation right now, even an impossible one, something that has no, no type of cure or something that has no type of response, you know what you should do? God's going to do it. I don't know how, and it's not your business knowing, your, knowing how. God's going to do it. That's all you need to know. Sometimes we're control freaks, and we're, oh, God, how are you going to do it? Are you going to do it like, like this, A or B or C? Or, or how are you going to do it? Relax. God's going to do it. If there's no way, he'll make a way. But all God wants you to do is trust in him. And how, does, how do we trust in God? Going back to what we were talking about as we finish. Using our spiritual weaponry. When you pray, you get connected to God in a spiritual level. It's not something physical. You get connected to God. You start knowing what, how God works you start feeding the will of God and God starts speaking to your heart and showing you what you got to do. And because sometimes we lack that, 
that's why we get anxious and that's why we we trust God but not perpetually there are certain instances in our life where you know our, our trust like man God why did you allow this if I'm coming to church and if I'm tithing and if I'm doing this and if I'm serving why did you trust in God renew your mind and you're going to see that you're going to have perfect peace throughout everything you're going to be you're going to be incredibly stable in the midst of everything that happens in your life. Stuff is going to happen in your life. You're going to have highs. You're going to have lows, right? But your peace inside, steady, steady. That's how God wants us. Please stand on your feet. I want to challenge you today. Like I said, to be able to take some time, start analyzing how you think and what thoughts you're letting in and start allowing the Holy Spirit to be able to help you in those situations. It happens to all of us. We, are, we all can go through times in need where we're weak and the enemy takes advantage of that and starts speaking into our minds. And, and, and sometimes, you know what? I don't even know why I come to church. This, is, this doesn't work. I've heard so many people tell me that. Uh, and, and sometimes it's because of that. We, we don't have a relationship. We don't know God for who he is. The minute you start putting your knees to work, you start getting on your knees to pray to God, God is going to start revealing himself to you just like he is. Amen? All right. Close your eyes. I want to pray over your lives. Father God, I thank you for this beautiful group of young men, young women. I thank you for every single person in this place. And I thank you for the privilege that you give me to be able to just guide them according to your word, to be their pastor. God, it's, it's a incredible opportunity privilege but at the same time it's a huge responsibility and and i thank you god <coughs> because i know that you have great plans for every single one of their lives every every single one different in their own way but there's not one person in this room that you don't have an incredible supernatural plan for their lives and i pray god that after tonight that they don't settle for all the lies that the enemy has been whispering in their ears that they don't settle for all those negative patterns of thinking that they've been settling for so long that they may believe God that you're willing to prosper them just like we read in third John chapter one verse two prosper in every single area of their lives God I declare prosperity over their family I declare prosperity over their finances I just declare prosperity in their peace in their inner peace prosperity in everything they touch and everything they speak in Jesus name God I pray that from this day on that they will take their prayer life to another level so that they can connect with you and they will start listening to your voice and downloading the instructions that you're constantly sending from heaven over their lives, God, that are going to lead them to the, the greatest season of their lives, God. I declare in Jesus' name that everything that the enemy is trying to do and trying to lift up over these people, God, over your people, I bind it in Jesus' name, and I declare, God, that the enemy is going to have to leave their lives. God, in Jesus' name, I declare every sickness leaves every single body right now. I declare that every single lie of the enemy that's come, that they've entertained, in Jesus' name, is replaced by your truth, replaced by your word of God. I declare it. I believe it with all my heart, and I declare, God, that the best times of their life it's not in their past, but in their future. I declare that from this point on, we're going from glory to glory to glory. And even when our faith gets tested, God, I declare that we will have perfect peace because we will be 
part of that group that will trust in you wholeheartedly and perpetually because God you are not a man that lies you are not a man that changes his mind in Jesus name we declare it we proclaim it amen and amen come on give him praise you don't have to live bound by your sin bound by all the lies that the enemy shoots your way in Christ there's power to overcome